Ladies and gentlemen, once again to my podcast, 24's Podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a lot of stuff for you today, a lot of sports stuff. I'm going to be talking about Jamal Adams, the trade, the the trade or not trade. I'm going to give kind of my final impressions, final take on Jamal to the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. And uh, probably to some other teams as well. How the 49ers are probably going to enter into a Super Bowl slump. What? Not even a Super Bowl slump. A Super Bowl hangover. There you go. That's what it's called. Um, also, I'm going to be talking about a lot of my, um, a lot of the quarterbacks that I have not watched in the last year that I'll probably watch this year. I'll probably stop watching Dallas Cowboy football games as much to watch some of these young guys play. Ladies and gentlemen, all that and much, 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 much more right here. On 24's podcast. How's the volume sounding sounding to you? Because I, you know, I have a lot of fans going on. Hold- I'll turn one down in a second, but it's like sometimes I feel like I have way too much going on in the background when it comes to background sound, and I'll kind of be like lean back like this. So I do probably have to like turn off my AC, or I could do this. I could like move my microphone like this. Does that help? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, let me turn off my fans for like two seconds. Hold on. I probably should have done this before, but, um, it was hot as hell in here. It was like 86 degrees. I'm trying to save money on AC, on electricity, so that's why I had, like, all of my fans on and stuff like that. It's like it's summertime. I gotta save money. So, for the last couple of weeks, I've been watching nothing but NFL Network and Sports Center and ESPN, and I've learned a lot from watching those uh, those networks and those broadcasts. I, I learned from weeks watching those same networks and stuff like that, that um, that it's no wonder that cable TV sucks. Like, they literally show, show the exact same thing over and over and over again for, like, the entire day. Especially the NFL Network. They keep on showing, like, a football life. They won't show any good Cowboy games, like, at all. I'm like, you're a network, you're an NFL network, show some football games. I know that I have to have, like, the red pass or the red zone pass, but it's like, fuck, man, your, your, your main channel sucks. Why would I pay for, for like, a paid subscription when your main channel sucks? Like, that's, that's the philosophy behind that. I'm like, no, I'm not paying additional money for the red zone package when your main channel sucks. It's dumb. So then I went on to ESPN. They have a, a lot more original content. But their original content is like debate shows, and that's it, and high high opinion pieces and hot takes, and it's it's just boring. It's like the exact same stuff over and over and over again. So I'm like, well, I'm done watching ESPN. Like I kid you not, after like like it's like 
six or seven hours of the exact same shit, but with different people. It's like, first you have get up, then you have first take, and then you have like um, uh, uh, NFL Live, which is pretty much like a news, it's about as newsy as it gets, but it's also opinionated. And then they have, um, what is it, like uh, The Jump, and then they have like a bunch of other shows, and most of those shows go for like two hours plus. Like, per show. It's ridiculous. It's like, no. I think the jump is, like, an hour long. But for the most part, it's like... It, it, it sucks to watch all of the exact same shows. So I was like, nope. Not gonna watch it. Jesus Christ. So, the long and the short of it is... You know, I wanted to watch something. But I... You know, like... Using Netflix on my TV actually takes up a shit ton of internet... And my internet is already shot enough. So I'm like, well, let's just, um, let's just watch something else on TV. And I went into my closet today and I was like, oh wait, I have all of these movies and TV shows from when I was in high school that I used to watch. One of those being Lilo and Stitch. I'm watching it right now. I, I also got an extremely goofy movie and, and, um, and a Goofy movie and 101 Dalmatians. I got, like, all the best, like, Disney movies. Besides, like, The Little Mermaid and, like, a couple of others. So I'm like, I'll just watch. <laughs> I just saw Stitch get run over by an 18-wheeler. It's the, it's, the, it's the funniest thing ever. But I'm watching that movie right now instead of watching... The Patriots versus the Colts for the third time this week. They they literally show the exact same game or the two uh, the two teams for like three like three times in a row. Like I think they I think they showed like the two teams play like three games in a row almost all last week. It was the dumbest thing ever. I was like, why are you showing Manning and Brady? Like I don't I don't care. I love those two quarterbacks, but it's like when you literally show the exact same games over again, I I can't stand it. And they're not even playoff games. They're, like, regular season games. So, that pissed me off. So, I'm like, I'll just watch old movies from now on. Instead of watching the news, I'll just uh, watch old movies. And I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> I'm having a lot more fun than uh, than I would be if I watched those shitty-ass news, show, news shows. So, that's why, if you hear me occasionally mention Lilo and Stitch and, um, and, uh, and, and laugh and stuff like that, that is why. Because I'm... I'm watching Lilo and Stitch because it's it's better than anything on television right now, if I'm honest with you. So let's kind of get into the meat and the potatoes of the podcast, you know, besides talking about animated movies and stuff like that. Let's talk about the Jamal Adams trade. Let's talk about potentially him moving off of the Jets and moving to the Cowboys first and foremost, which... You know, a lot of people want to happen, specifically the Dallas Cowboys fans. I've heard, I've heard it before, and I've constantly heard like people say like, say things that that are like, well, if we get Jamal Adams, if the Dallas Cowboys get Jamal Adams, he's the dude that puts Dallas over the hump. He's the dude that if we have Jamal Adams, we win Super Bowls or at least a Super Bowl, right? He's the guy that puts us over the hump. My response and my question for that, like, statement, for that, you know, response is, not response, but for that statement, is this. Is Dallas a playoff team with or without Jamal Adams? That is a resounding yes. They are a playoff team. They went to the playoffs twice. They 
really could have almost went to the playoffs. They were like one game out of the playoffs every single year that they didn't go to the playoffs. So, yes, they are a playoff team without Jamal Adams. Can they win playoff games without Jamal Adams? Yes, they can. Every single game that they lost, they lost by almost 30 points. If the defense had literally done anything, Dallas would have won those football games. Especially in the final couple of minutes of the game. The defense fell apart in, hor- in like horrifying fashion every single time they had a playoff game. Like against the, uh, the, the Packers, they let them score like twice. It's like, dude, like all you got to do is hold like within the, the final like eight to nine minutes. It's like, dude, like your offense just scored 30 points. Like all you got to do is not, not do anything stupid. And that's exactly what they did. Can your defense, can your offense, not even your offense, but can the Dallas Cowboys win not just a playoff game, but go to the NFC Championship game without Jamal Adams? Yes, they can. Their two playoff losses were in the divisional round. It's not like they've struggled in the in the wild card. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm watching the scene with Sitch, where he's like, where he's at the dog pound, and he, and he's making fun of the two hunters, the two people that are running after him. <laughs> and he sticks his butt in the air because he knows that he's being watched, and they can't do anything because he's using Lilo as a shield. It's hilarious. Anyways, um, going back, going back to Jamal Adams. Can they go to the NFC Championship game? Yes, of course. Can they win the the NFC Championship game? Yeah, I think so. Especially the way that they play. Like, let's say they go up against Atlanta. Atlanta scored 30 points. That 2016 series, that's 2016 um, season, excuse me, where they um, where they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. They scored, like, 30 points a game. Could Dallas have stopped that with their offense? Yeah, they could have. And their defense would have, um, would have went on to the football field. Hopefully they wouldn't have screwed it up that much, but I give Dallas like a pretty fair shot at winning that game against Atlanta. The same thing goes against the Saints. They beat the Saints that earlier that like that same year when they went 10 and 6. Yeah, they beat the Saints. Yeah, they can probably do it again. Can the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl without Jamal Adams? Well, they would have played the Patriots both times. Patriots scored 13 points against the Rams. Patriots scored 28 points or 30-something points against the uh, the Falcons, but that's because the Falcons whiffed the game because they screwed it up because they uh they didn't freaking they didn't run the damn football. Kind of a symptom of Kyle Shanahan a little bit, where he's like he has a lead and he doesn't run the football. Could Dallas have won the Super Bowl? Yeah, they could have. Does he put you over the hump? Is he? Because for me, this this team is a Super Bowl contender this year. They can go to the Super Bowl this year and win the Super Bowl this year. The question is, do they put all the pieces together and do they go out and win a Super Bowl? That's the question that I can't answer. I don't know. But I know that they have the capability. I know that they have the possibility. I know that they can do it. They have the talent to do it. They have the players. They have the coaches. 
It's essentially what I like felt last year where I was like, man, like they got the players, they got the coaches. They got the schedule. They're against the AFC East. They were also against the NFC North. I was like, Chicago, that's a win. Detroit should be a win. I like the Packers. Not I like the Packers, but I like us against the Packers. I'm like, that's a win. That should be a win, right? The Bears should be a win. The Vikings should be a win. I know I've said one of those teams twice, but I'm like, that division is cake. Same thing goes with the AFC East. We should have went 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. Probably 3-1 and one because the Patriots were a really, really good team that year. 3-0. and oh. Three, uh, excuse me, three and one, AFC East. I would say, I would like, I would say three and one again, with the NFC North. Want to know what the record was for that team for the Dallas Cowboys against those two divisions? For the NFC North, they were one and three. They lost to the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers. They were also, what were they against? They were also one and three against the AFC East. Lost to the Bills, Jets, and the Patriots. Only beat the Dolphins. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. There's your problems right there. You win most of those games. You win those games against the, uh, the Vikings, the Packers, the Bears, the Bills, the Jets. That's like six wins right there, right? Six wins. Not six, but technically it's... What is it? It's like four additional wins. So now you go 12 and four instead of eight and eight. See how that like changes? Then obviously, maybe not 12 and four, maybe like 11 and five. Maybe my math is wrong. I think it is 12 and four. But it's like you're, you, you still are essentially going to play up against the Eagles. You're probably going to beat the Eagles because the Eagles, they stink. If, you know, you'd beaten that team, you probably would have swept the division, gone up against the Eagles, being the Eagles. You would have been a contender for the number one seed. In your conference, you would have at least been the two seed and you would have been a contender, right? Just handle your business against easy-ass teams. Handle your business. That's all you got to do sometimes. Just handle it. Get it done. Do you want to know what they did? They didn't handle their business. So do you want to know what happened? They missed the playoffs. Against some of the easiest divisions in the league. That's why I was like, Dallas is a Super Bowl contender. Dallas is an NFC championship contender. Because I was like, Dak is going to throw for over 4,000 yards. He's going to have over 30 touchdowns. And Dallas is going to play up against a very, very, very easy set of divisions this year. Yes, they're on a first place schedule. But the first place schedule doesn't matter as much as playing up against the AFC East, and the NFC North. It's just that simple. So what happened? Jason Garrett happened. And now he's gone. And now he's in New York. But it all circles back to my original point. It's like, does Jamal Adams get you over the hump? Yes or no? The answer is no. This is the, the like this is the circumstance of being a good team. If you're a good team, you can be a contender with the coaches and the players. 
that you already have. <clears throat> and they can be a contender with the players and the coaches that they already have. You're already there if you're the Dallas Cowboys, which has been one of the most frustrating things as a Dallas Cowboy. It's like we have the defensive players. We just haven't put it together. We have the offensive players. We've put them together. The issue is we cannot be consistent as a football team. But when you have good head coaches, or not a good head coach, but when you have good coaches and good players, it's like good things happen. Just got to be a little bit patient. Not to say that Jamal Adams isn't one of the best safeties in the league. Not to say that if you can get him, you shouldn't go after him. The only question is, should the Dallas Cowboys get him? Not even if they should, but let's say you can get him. Let's say you're in negotiations, you've signed Dak Prescott. How much should you offer for Jamal Adams? A second round draft pick. That's how much. I'm not in I'm not in competition. I'm not going to go and try and get this dude. I'm not going to try and do that. Why would I try and do that? Why? Why would I try and put, why would I essentially try to compete with myself or a couple of other teams? Because do you want to know something? The Chiefs, when they heard that Jamal Adams wants to get paid, do you want to know what, what, what they're doing? They're like, we're not going to go after Jamal. We got a quarterback to pay. We got to pay Chris Jones. If Travis Kelsey isn't paid, then guess what we got to do in the next couple of years? We got to pay Travis Kelsey. If Tyreek Hill isn't paid, guess what? We got to pay Tyreek Hill. Does Jamal Adams make the Kansas City Chiefs a Super Bowl contender? Do they get them over? Does he get them over the hump? No, of course not. They went to and won the Super Bowl this year. But why would I offer a second round draft pick for Jamal Adams if I'm the Dallas Cowboys? Well, it's just as simple as this. I know he wants out. I know he wants to be traded. I know that he doesn't want to be there anymore. I know that, essentially, if I wait, they're either going to release him because he's too much of a hassle, or they're going to trade him anyways, and I can get him on a better, like, like deal. Like, the fact that a lot of these teams, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're like, we're not going to trade Yannick Ngakwe until we get fair compensation. Okay, guess what? Your team is probably not going to be very good this year. Your team is probably going to suck. And then on top of that, this this extends obviously to the Jets as well. It's like, well, do you want more compensation, more more picks, or do you wanna do you wanna just play around and be like, well, we're going to sign Unique Ngakwe or, or or Jamal Adams, or do you want to get some value? That's what I would be waiting for if I was any of these teams, especially the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait for the middle of the season, wait for the trade deadline. Deadlines make deals. I'm just gonna say, hey. You guys want our second round draft pick. We know he doesn't want to be there. We know you don't want him to be there. They'll probably say maybe, yes or no. I don't know. We'll see. But I said this at the be I said this when the Jets deal for Jamal didn't go throughout the trade deadline for the Cowboys. 
I said this. Uh, I said this then, and I'll say it again. I said the Jets, they should have taken the deal with Dallas. And I said it then, and I emphasize this exact point. I said Dallas doesn't need Jamal Adams. We don't need Jamal Adams as much as the Jets need picks. They could have gotten CeeDee Lamb or another offensive lineman with that 17th overall pick. Imagine them getting CeeDee Lamb and Denzel Mims. It's like, oh, wait, now Sam Darnold actually has weapons, right? Instead, they were like, eh, we'll keep Jamal. Like a first and a fourth. So they could have had Tyler Biadas, and they also could have had CeeDee Lamb, essentially, because that's who Dallas drafted with those two picks. Not Maybe not Tyler Biadas, but... Um, C.D. Lamb and uh, Reggie Robinson or another fourth rounder or whoever they wanted. Instead, they were like, eh, we'll just, we'll just sign on Jamal Adams. I was like, they're going to regret it. Look at them now. Do you want to pay a strong safety, a box safety? Not a free safety, not an Ed Reed, not a Troy Palomalu. Do you want to pay that guy? Because he wants big dollar, big, big safety money. He wants to be the highest paid safety in the league. Don't you have to pay Sam Darnold next if you like Sam Darnold? If you don't like Sam Darnold, you can obviously move off of him. But let's say you do. You're going to have to pay him. You just paid C.J. Mosley. I said it then. I was like, the Jets, they made a terrible decision by not trading Jamal Adams. And... Almost a year later, I'm still right. Should have taken the deal, Jets. But should the Cowboys go after him? No. They should only offer a second-round draft pick. Maybe a first. But I'm, I'm so low on trading for Jamal Adams, I'm like, eh, I'm not, I'm not, really, not really with it. Not really with it. Not to say he's not, again, a great player. It's just... Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not really ur- urged to. Like I feel like Dallas Cowboy fans, they have um, PTSD. That's what Law Nation and um, I forgot. It's the people do, that do the late night, the the late night hype on YouTube, which is like a show every like Tuesday or Thursday or whatever and stuff like that. They're talking about essentially having PTSD because of Jason Garrett, and it's like Jason Garrett required everything. As much as people want to be like, well, Dak Prescott, he needs everything. It's like Jason Garrett needs the best offensive line, the best running game, one of the best wide receivers, a good quarterback. He needs defensive players everywhere just to break even. That's who Jason Garrett is. It's not who Dak Prescott is because I've seen him win football games without a defense, without a running game, without an offensive line, and without a number one wide receiver. I've I've seen him do it all. Sometimes a combination of those things. Sometimes a combination of all of those things. So you don't need a Jamal Adams. You don't need him. He's a luxury. It's like you're 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 rich. You got the quarterback, running back, wide receiver tied in. You got wide receivers, offensive line, you got defensive players here and there. Leighton, Jalen, DeMarcus. You got them all. 
You only need a coach. That's it. That is it. And you got him. So now do you want to know what you do? You just go out and compete now. That's what you do. Everybody makes this like really, really weird assumption about Dak Prescott in the offense as if Dak Prescott hasn't had like two different offensive coordinators in the last four years, which is a lot, uh, and three different quarterback coaches, technically four in the last five years, which is an absurd amount. I was surprised that they didn't retain John Kitna, but Dak now works with John Kitna in the offseason now because he was working with him this season. So it's just as simple as that. Dallas has everything they need to compete. Once they compete this season, then we can have a reality check. Then it's like, well, is Dallas as good as we think it is? Or are they as good as I think they are? I think Dallas can make it to the NFC Championship game. I think they can make it to the Super Bowl this year. Especially if that defense plays like plays average. I know that their ranking is a little bit skewed. Like they were like, you know, our ranking is this, our ranking is that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I feel like if their ranking was, I feel like their ranking as a football team was probably like, not maybe not as a football team, but as a defense was like below average, like 20th probably in the league. Like there would be a lot more defenses that I would rather have over Dallas's if I'm honest with you. Especially with their offense that, had very, very, like, minimal turnovers and also, um, and also like, had 5,000 yards through the air, 1,300 yards on the ground, and then on top of that, they also had, like, um, like 30 touchdowns in the air. 11 interceptions. Like, Dallas didn't turn the football over that much. As much as people want to be, like... Like, I remember I was listening to, um, to one podcast and one, one person was like, Dallas turns the, uh, turns the football over a lot. And that's why their defense struggled and stuff like that. Let me look it up. Let me look up how many games, like, Dallas. Not Dallas, but, like, specifically, like, Dak had, like, a ton of interceptions. I know that he had four against the Packers. But, I mean, to be honest with you, the Packers were beating the tar out of the uh, the defense. And they even had a chance... Um, to win the game, but it was uh, the the referees horrifying officiating that caused them to lose that game. Let me go to Dax game logs. How many interceptions did he have? He had three against the Packers, and that was his that was his only game where he had a multiple touchdown game, a multiple interception game. He had three interceptions against the Packers. Every other, like, game, he either had zero or he had one. Like, as much as people want to be like, Dak had no touchdowns against the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, he also didn't have any interceptions. Against all of the teams that they lost to, he either had one or fewer interceptions. Against New Orleans, one interception, zero touchdowns. Against Green Bay, two interceptions, or three interceptions, two touchdowns. Against the Jets, he had zero touchdowns, zero interceptions through the air. I think he had one through the ground, right? On the ground? Yep. He had one on the ground. I think it was because they got to, like, within the five all the time in Zeke. Like, you'll see games like this where Zeke doesn't, not Zeke, but Dak doesn't have any touchdowns, but he has a lot of yards. 
And that's because they would throw the ball inside the, um, not inside the 20s, but like between the 20s. And then once they got inside the 20s, they would just run it, essentially. So he had zero zero touchdowns um, through the air, but one on the ground. But he also had zero interceptions against the Jets. One touchdown, one interception against the Eagles. Three touchdowns, one interception against the Vikings. Against New England, zero touchdowns, one interception. Against the Bills, two and one. Chicago, one and zero. And against Philadelphia, he had zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he only had one multiple touchdown, not multiple touchdown, multiple interception game in the season, which is really, really good if you're all about, like, defense and stuff like that. How many fumbles did he have? He had six in a season, which is, like, significantly below average. And then in sacks, he had four sacks, and that was against Buffalo. And then he had three against Green Bay, and then three against Philadelphia, the, the first game. Weirdly enough, he didn't play very well against the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles the first game. Well, technically he did, but he like he played good enough to win, but it wasn't like astounding, you know. It wasn't like, oh man, like Dak really carried the team. It was like, yeah, he played okay. Defense actually played really, really well during that game as well. The long and the short of it is, I don't think that Dallas needs Jamal. It's a luxury. He's a luxury. I think what they need and what they've needed for the past couple of years is simply put, just better coaching. Just better coaching. Have a better coach. Come in. Coach the team. I think you win more games. I think you go to the NFC Championship game last year. I think you probably go on and face Kansas City last year, to be honest with you. If any team was built to take on teams like that, it's essentially Dallas and Kansas City. High, fast, explosive teams that can score quickly, early, and often. Maybe not early for Dallas because of just, like, how they operated. But for the most part, it's like they score often and they can be very, very explosive. They don't need Jamal. They don't need him. just that simple. Anyways, moving on. Let me talk about... Let, not even moving on. Let's continue talking about Dak Prescott. Like, why not? I'm on a roll here. Let's continue talking about Dak Prescott. <clears throat> so, everyone keeps on trying to tell me Dak Prescott, you can't pay him. Can't pay Dak Prescott. He's way too much money. You can't pay him. You can't pay him. You can't pay him. You can't pay him. Costs too much. He is too expensive, et cetera, et cetera. He's not as good as we think he is. He's not a a top-tier guy. Let's take Andy Dalton. Let's get him into the game. Let's put him in as the Cowboys uh, quarterback. Let's just do that. And we can win as many, if not more, football games. And then on top of that, 
we also don't have to pay Dak Prescott. We don't have to spend a lot of money on Dak Prescott. Listen to what Chris Sims has to say. Former quarterback in the NFL. I think he was uh, in Tampa. His dad, Phil Sims, used to be a broadcaster. Super Bowl MVP. Let's listen to what Chris Sims has to say about paying or not paying Dak Prescott. Is uh, July 15th. Uh, so wait, real quick. Uh, Pete threw this in my ear. There are some Dallas Cowboy fans that are fed up with the contract negotiation. It happens all the time. And they're like, just go with Andy Dalton. We can probably be just as good or dang near close no, with Andy Dalton no, and save some money. No, no, negative. You know, Dak Prescott, first off, is better at every level than Andy Dalton. He's way better off schedule when things aren't going good. He can make plays by himself. He's a way better downfield aggressive thrower. He's clutcher in big moments. And then Dak Prescott's skill set, again, you can't like you can't quantify this with numbers. He does put pressures on a pressure on defense to have to play certain defenses at times because hey, there is enough of a threat of him running quarterback design runs. I saw it, you know, watching tape back last night to just give me ideas of what to say. I mean, there's a, a handful of really great runs during the year that are designed for him, which handcuff a defense in which they can play. They're not going to have to worry about any of that crap if Andy Dalton's there, let alone he doesn't have the talent and the toughness and the physical ability that, Dalton, uh, that Dak Prescott has. So, um, yeah, I like Andy Dalton. I know he's number 27, but he ain't Dak Prescott. There you go. I mean, I could kind of talk about why Andy Dalton isn't as good as Dak Prescott and why you cannot why you can't start a season with Andy Dalton. It's like why why do you what what team was drafting number 1 overall this year? Wasn't it Andy Dalton's team? There's a reason for that, right? It's not just that the Cincinnati Bengals suck. It's that he's not a very good quarterback. People want to just gloss over that. Pay Andy Dalton. Let him start. Let him play. Don't pay Dak Prescott. He costs way too much money. And they have this weird percentage, like 14.5 or 14.7% is um, is the number that a, a, that a single player can't take up if you want to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, that's the average. That's not the actual number. That's a little bit ridiculous. It's like, come on. It's like, if Patrick Mahomes takes up that number, honestly... Do they not still, or are they not still a Super Bowl candidate, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl contender? Honestly. Like, stop kidding ourselves. There's a difference in winning the Super Bowl when you have, like, one of the best defenses in the league or in all time. Like, um, when, um, when, when the Denver Broncos won one with Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning wasn't very good. Or when you have Nick Foles who had, like, a record-breaking... Like, you would have to... Like, pray to God that Andy, not yet, not Andy Reid, excuse me, but Andy Dalton has, like, one of the greatest seasons, single seasons ever. Like, ever. That's what it's going to take. And you're also going to have to hope that the defense actually steps up, which it's never done except in 2018, and then it stepped back down when we played against the Rams. I like consistency. I don't like this weird notion that we can just plug and play any quarterback anytime like I feel like that's kind of ridiculous it's like come on 
Can we just grow up? That's ridiculous. But again, I could talk about all this stuff until the cows come home. I could talk about this literally until we're blue in the face. I think that the whole notion that you don't pay Dak Prescott is ridiculous. And it seems like everybody comes up with another way of saying the exact same thing for like the past three to four months. It's like, come on. When are we going to stop being ridiculous? When are we going to get the facts straight? When are we going to be honest? Speaking of being honest, I'm watching Stitch and the ugly duckling scene in the middle of the forest where Stitch is and his voice says, I'm lost. So like, it's, a, it's the saddest freaking thing you'll ever see in a movie, in an animated movie. It's gone horrible for Nani and Lilo. Child services, Mr. Bubbles is coming in and he may take away Lilo from Nani. It's like the worst, it's it's one of the saddest scenes in the freaking movie. And then Stitch is being a jackass. Or Stitch was a jackass for the entirety of, of, the, of the freaking game. Or not the game, but the movie. It's like, like now he realizes the error of his ways, the consequences of his actions. So, I'm watching Stitch, really enjoying it. Lost my train of thought, but I know I was talking about Dak. But I'm I'm pretty much done talking about Dak and this whole notion that you can trade away. Your, your, your franchise quarterback. It's like, everyone keeps on, like, coming up with this dumbass narrative, like, you can't franchise every single quarterback. You can't pay every single quarterback. And it's like, yeah, you can't pay every single quarterback. And I feel like people are, are getting way too upset. Like, that, that quarterback doesn't deserve that amount of money. Not going, right? Like, people keep on saying and doing that exact same thing. And they're like, you know what? Dak Prescott is the line that we're going to draw in the sand. That's the guy that we're just going to say, nope, we can't pay him. It's like, really? He's the eighth best quarterback. Like, Chris Sims had, had him as his eighth best quarterback in the league. Honestly. Dallas shouldn't pay him. Who are they going to get? Cam Newton? Oh, and, and who, who? I think Tom Downey, he mentioned this. Tom's, uh, and, and this is of, chat, he's of Chatsworths. He said, like, yeah, if you get Cam Newton... Right? He plays well. You go to the Super Bowl. What is he going to ask you? Is he going to take a team-friendly discount? No! Of course he's not. You're not the Eagles. Not the Eagles. You're not the Patriots. He's not going to take a team-friendly discount. What? Like, like I, I don't get this notion that people are going to be like, you know what? Let's get Cam Newton on the Cowboys, right? Let's put Newton on the Cowboys, and let's have the Cowboys play with him, and let's have him just be the, the, new, the new quarterback of the Cowboys, right? Or let's have Andy Dalton. What do you think Andy Dalton is going to ask when if he plays well? You go from one bad situation to another. Not even a bad situation. You go from a great situation having Dak Prescott as your quarterback to now two bad ones. Why? 
So you can say, oh, so you can just say, oh, I want to, I want to prove that Dak Prescott isn't a great quarterback. Let's have him move off of another team. You do realize that the Colts are going to move off of Phillip Rivers next year, and Prescott could sign with them and have freaking like three guys on his team that can all catch. He's gonna have Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. And he's also going to have Michael Pittman Jr. And he's going to have Marlon Mack. And I think they drafted... No, they didn't draft a running back because they didn't have a second-round draft pick. But they have so many weapons for him. And they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And they have an up-and-coming defense. And Frank Wright is a great head coach. Like, you're willing to risk it all. For what? For what? For nothing. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. A team is going to hire, not hire him, sign him to a big deal. A team is going to sign him. Oh, I don't think he's worth it, 24. I don't think he's worth the deal. So you don't like winning? You don't like being a contender? You don't like having a top eight guy? Not even a top eight guy, a top 10 guy with the potential to be a top five guy? If he goes to the championship game next season... If he works on his anticipation, hopefully he ha he has worked on his anticipation, because I think that's one of his weaknesses. I know that Troy constantly talks about it and 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 things of that nature, but I I think is like some of some of the worst throws that he that he had last season was um was when he just threw behind his receivers a little bit and he didn't hit him in stride. If he had hit him in stride, he would have like I feel like Dak would have been a better quarterback or not a better, but I feel like he would have had less interceptions, less drop passes, stuff like that. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. This dude is is on a whole nother level. This dude is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. In my opinion, he's like sixth or seventh best, maybe eighth. Depending on, you know, how much you like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and how much you don't like him. Depending on how those two guys play, Dak could easily Dak, yeah, he's gonna slide into to into the top six. Y'all must be tripping if you think Dak isn't one of the, like, doesn't have the, it's like, who have you been watching for the last four years? Have you not seen him throw from 2016 to 2018? Not even, not 18, but all the way to 19, man. This dude's on a whole nother level, man. And I just, I don't freaking get it. <laughs> I'm watching the two aliens at Lilo and Stitch's house, and the other guy says, says, why do you have to ruin everything? Lilo is calling Mr. Bubbles right now. Stitch just ran in and is throwing a car around. Anyways. I got issues. I got issues with the fact that people can just talk about Dak Prescott, like he's not in the top ten, like he's not an ascending quarterback, and like and and, and how he's not one of the best in the league. <laughs> Stitch and the alien are, uh, are are playing with a are playing with a gun right now. That's about to explode. It's so funny. It's such a great movie. Sorry for the voice crack. <clears throat> Stitch realizes the error of his ways. The house blows up. Great movie. Great movie. All right, moving on from Dak Prescott. Because I can literally talk about Dak Prescott until the, until the cows come home. Let me take a swig of my water. Hold on.
Hold on. Ah, uh, God, that's high quality H2O. Now Lilo is about to get taken away. Mr. Bubbles, he is not playing today. <clears throat> He's shouting at Nani. Stitch is pissed off once again because... Stitch is sad once again because he just... He understands. Not understands, but he understands it's his fault. Mr. Bubbles, the voice actor who, play, who portrays him was great. Fantastic work by him. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what I'm talking about, but look up Lilo and Stitch. It's a fucking great movie. Look it up. Amazon, not Amazon, freaking Netflix used to have it, which is why I'm watching it on VHS right now. They used to have it. They don't have it anymore. I had it. I have it on VHS, which is why I'm watching it right now. But it is a fantastic movie. Now Stitch realizes the errors of his ways. He's trying to become a, a, a good person. He, he, he's just, he's screwed up way too many times. And you feel bad for Stitch. You feel bad for him. He tries to repent. He tries to account for his ways and... It's too late. He finally has a home. It's just too late. Moving off of Lilo and Stitch and Dak Prescott. So this week, Anthony Fauci, I'm not a doctor, but he's like a doctor person for the White House, came in, said he's been like one of the most important people when it comes to the uh, to information being released about the coronavirus. Said this week, the NFL needs to have a bubble. <clears throat> Excuse me. Needs to have a bubble-like city, essentially like the NBA, if they want to have football for an entire season. Now, pretty much that's what I've said. or so I've said, maybe not a bubble, but I've said something similar to that for, like, the past, like, couple of months I'm like listen man I don't like the NFL's thing I don't like what they're doing I don't know I don't I don't like what their plan is I don't like that they're testing players three times a week and that's it I'm like no you need to test players at least more than five or not five but four times a week and I broke it down like this I I tried to record this podcast like a day or two ago but then I was like well that's like it, it, it wasn't very good so I was like scrap it we're done we're gonna just do it again, but in that podcast, I was like, listen, man, you have to, like, you're gonna at least have to test them four times, you're gonna have to test them before and after the game, that's two times, you're gonna have to test them when they come in that week, and then you want to test them before the before part of when they come into the game, right, so let me kind of break that down for you if you, if that was confusing, which I assume it was because it, it sounds very confusing, so what I mean by testing them four times a week and, and and how that works and stuff like that. Pretty much when they would come in, every player, you get tested. Period. End of story. Whether it's Monday or Tuesday, after, you know, the Sunday game, you come in, you get tested. It's just that simple. It's how it works. And how it should, it's how it should work. Everybody gets tested. Day one, you come into the facility. Then, once you get tested, you go through the week, everything's peachy. Before 
you either leave for the game, not even before you leave for the game. Games are usually on Sunday. Saturday walkthroughs, you get tested. Before you even go on for Saturday, you get tested immediately. Then Sunday, before and after the game are pretty self-explanatory. I'm already reading articles. Like, I just, I, I saw like UT players, like it was over 10 of them. Tested positive for the coronavirus. Then on top of that, I just read like another article saying on ESPN that apparently like freaking um freaking like Clemson players, like twenty something Clemson players. Oh my god! And and here's a here here's another one for LSU. I'll talk about this in in like a couple of seconds. But like twenty something Clemson players are tested positive for the coronavirus. And then on top of that, it's like a week a week ago, it was like 10 Texan players. Not Texans, but 10 like Longhorn players. They got the coronavirus. I literally just like refreshed my Google on my phone and I was like, oh my God, like... I just... Hold on. I was reading this other article about how apparently Chris D'Elia has said that Whitney Cummings has sexual misconduct against Chris D'Elia, two of my favorite comics right now. I'm like, that is for another one. That, I'm like, that article's for after the podcast. Hold on, let me, let me skim through this article on my phone. Large number of LSU football players placed in quarantine. A large number of LSU football players have been placed into quarantine in an effort to curtail the spread of the coronavirus. The news was first reported by Sports Illustrated. Da 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 da. State health officials on Friday confirmed an outbreak of at least 100 coronavirus cases that could be traced back to bars at the popular Tigerland area near campus. The state urged those who visited the area to self quarantine. On Saturday, here's another, uh, not state, excuse me, but another college. Kansas State announced that it had suspended all football workouts for 14 days after a recent round of coronavirus test results. 14 of 130 athletes tested across its sports program were found to be positive for COVID-19. Dudes are giving, getting it everywhere. Because they go out to bars. It's like, it's, it's essentially what Ezekiel Elliott did. It's like, they go out to bars, they have fun. They're like, cool, like, we're gonna, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna, like, like, talk to people. We're gonna just, we're gonna do all that stuff, right? Not talk to people, but we're gonna hang out. Lo and behold, Ezekiel Elliott gets it on top of other Texan players that are like, we'll just go out. You need to test a lot more than three times a week. When I heard that they were gonna test three times a week, I'm like, that is terrible. That's terribly low. You can't test three times a week. That's nothing. You gotta test at least like four. And even then, it's like there are certain people that can fall through the cracks because you're not testing every single day. When I first heard like the NFL is gonna like come back, I was like, doesn't it sound like, just based upon some of the stuff that I know knew at the time about the coronavirus, I'm like, doesn't it sound like you need to test like more than like, you, you need to test daily. Like every single time they come into the, the, into the facility. The reason why I said, like, at least four times is, like, 
bare minimum, you need to test four times. But it's like, for the most part, you need to, like, hindsight, you need to test like six or seven times a week, resulting to hundreds of tests a day. Not a, yeah, a day. You need to get these tests up. I don't know if they're going to do it. I hope they change that rule, that procedure. It's like, fuck me, man. College students are going down. They are getting it. Like, how would you feel? And the whole concept behind you getting it is, guess what? You are done for two weeks. You're done. You are done for two weeks. Do you know what that means? That you're done for two weeks? Imagine if you're done for two weeks in the season. Imagine if your quarterback gets suspended for two weeks. In the end of the season where the games matter, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine when he gets suspended for two weeks and the games matter at the end of the season. Like your season could potentially be done. In two weeks. If you don't have your starting quarterback. Which is why I'm so against fans being in the stands. I'm like, two weeks. A pivotal player, your quarterback, your running back, your tight end, your wide receiver, your defensive end, whoever. Two weeks. Two weeks. Imagine if that happens in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Come on, man. In the playoffs. Imagine if they don't have it figured out. Because apparently, like, a vaccine takes a year and a half. But imagine if that happens in the playoffs, bro. In the playoffs? Imagine if Mahomes gets it in the playoffs. I'd be tripping if he gets it in the playoffs. I'm going to be pissed if he gets it in the playoffs. Don't go to football games. The NFL don't have football games. Don't have football games. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Not football games, excuse me. Don't have fans in the Saints. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Anyways. Moving forward. Let's talk about the 49ers. Probably not even making it to the playoffs. Debo Samuel. Star wide receiver for the 49ers drafted in the second round. Broke his foot, I think, on Thursday. He is now out for 12 to 16 weeks. Not the entire season, because remember, we're in mid-June, so he should be back probably around like week eight or something like that. Somewhere around there. So, <clears throat> Debo is now out. You traded away, I forgot his name, DeForest Armstead. DeForest Buckner, excuse me. You signed Eric Armstead. Got rid of DeForest Buckner for Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw's a great player, but he's a rookie. Come on, let's be honest. And even though defense, great aspect of the football team, one of the most important aspects, 
What caused you to lose the Super Bowl? Really, what caused? If we're honest, what caused it? Wasn't your defense, even though they got scored on a bunch of times in that fourth quarter. What was the reason? Is that play at the end of the game with Emmanuel Sanders going over the top? He is wide open. All Jimmy Garoppolo has to do is hit him. All he has to do is hit him. Also, all Jimmy Garoppolo really has to do is make a couple more plays. If we're being honest, he makes a couple more plays. They win the Super Bowl. Obviously, if they had done, if there's, you know, we can play armchair quarterback all the time. We can be like, well, if they had done this, if they had done that, it's like, but in reality, based upon the schemes, like the plays that they were running, it's like, all you had to do is just make a couple more plays. That's it. He needs wide receivers to make plays. And he had wide receivers to make plays. He had Emmanuel Sanders. He had Debo Samuel. I don't know who his third guy was. But if you get into a situation, and this is essentially the fault the, uh, the fault of the Dallas Cowboys. Last season and the year before that and stuff like that. Essentially what the 49ers were doing were, were they were running the football and playing defense, and that was it. But what happens is when you get into a situation where a team is like, we're not going to let, we're going to allow you to run the football. Yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. We're not going to allow you to throw it. And more importantly, we're going to score early and we're going to score often. We're going to score very, very quickly. So now it's like if, if your running game doesn't score, right, it's kind of like being Golden State, right? The whole concept of Golden State is we're going to shoot a bunch of threes, but we're also going to be efficient while shooting threes, Right. So we can shoot, for example, two threes and miss one while you shoot two twos and miss and, and make both and you're only going to be up by one point. But if you, we make both threes and you make both twos, you're now down two points. It's a little bit riskier, but it has a lot more reward. A little bit riskier may not even be the best way of saying it. It's like, especially if you're hitting your threes, which Golden State usually does, except in the playoffs. I don't know what happens with Steph Curry in the playoffs, if I'm honest with you. But yes, if the 49ers, if they get behind, it's going to be their defense that's going to win them that, that football game, not their offense. Because they're going to have to get turnovers. They're going to have to score points. They're going to have to stop the opposition. And that opposition is now going to have so many more options. They're going to be able to run the football. They're going to be essentially what happened with Kansas City is essentially what's going to happen uh, against Dallas. Or at least it should happen. If Dallas gets out early and often, it's like, guess what? 49ers are going to be in trouble. And that extends to every single team across the board. The fact that people aren't actually like considering the fact that Dallas, not even Dallas, but the 49ers aren't going to have a slump this year for no reason other than, oh, they, they're a good team. It's like, well, guess also who was a good team that lost the Super Bowl in the last couple of years? Like every single team, like the, the, the Seattle Seahawks, everybody was like, oh yeah, they're going to go back and they're going to win a Super Bowl and all that good stuff after they lost to the Patriots. When was the last time they went to the Super Bowl? When was the last time they won a Super Bowl? Wasn't it all the way back in 2013 when they beat Manning and then they lost to the Patriots that next year and then they just haven't 
won a Super Bowl since. I actually looked it up. I looked up how many teams go back to the Super Bowl after they lose one. It's really not a lot of teams, to be honest with you. And really, it's a lot of time in between you losing a Super Bowl and you going back to another one. Like, a good example is the 49ers, for example. Like, they lost against the uh, the uh, the Ravens, and then they came back, and then they lost to the Chiefs again. Another example is the Patriots, but the Patriots, they don't count because the Patriots, they're the Patriots. And then you have the Broncos. And then that's it. Those are like two teams that went to the Super Bowl after they lost them, but they usually were in between a couple of years. And that was this decade, by the way. I didn't do like every single team. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like another example is the Rams, I guess, because they went to the Super Bowl with the, with the, um, the hottest show on turf. And then they just went back to the Super Bowl in like 2018. And then they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's like, if you want to use even a more extreme example of it, it's like the Rams. And then you could talk about the bears with the 85 bears and how they won one. And you know, the, the next time they would go to another one was like in the early 2000s. Colts are kind of another example, as well as like the Steelers and the Packers. Those are an, another team. But guess what they also have? They also have like, su- not Super Bowl, but like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's very, very hard to go back to the Super Bowl if you don't have a Hall of Famer. Very, very hard. It's not as simple as, like, they're going back to the Super Bowl because they're the 49ers. Everybody is going to study and has studied their tape. Everybody has. Everybody has studied their tape. And if they haven't, they will. Because everybody's like, well, how did they get to the Super Bowl? And especially the other team, the other teams, excuse me, that are going to be playing up against them, they're going to be like, well, how how do we defeat these teams, this this specific team, excuse me, the 49ers, because we got to play against them. There's a lot of tape on them. You don't think that people understand how, that people haven't broken down that team specifically ad nauseum for the last couple of, of months? Because they have. They 1,000% have. It's a lot, lot more difficult than just like, oh, they they won the Super Bowl last year. They're going to go back to it again. Or not won, but they went to it last year. They'll go back to it again. No, they won't. No, they won't. Especially now with one of their most important players being out. And a lot of people are going to say, well, Debo doesn't really matter that much because he's, he um, he's a wide receiver and Kyle Shanahan runs the football a lot. Yeah, Debo... Debo is probably one of their lesser, more important players. Like, I would make probably an argument that Kyle Juszczyk is more important than Debo. But make no mistake, Debo is a very, very important piece of that football team. Fifty-seven yards receiving, not fifty-seven, fifty-seven receptions, eight hundred and two yards, three touchdowns. 14, not 14, um, 159 yards running three, uh, not three touchdowns, but zero touchdowns. 
He's a good receiver for a rookie, especially in an offense that was running it. He almost had 100 yards. And they kind of used him kind of as like this hybrid wide receiver where he would just, um, maybe not as a hybrid wide receiver, but they would use him for like jet sweeps and fly motions and stuff like that. He did everything. They're going to miss him. They're going to miss him next year. Moving on. Let's talk about the final thing that I want to talk about today, and that is opposing quarterbacks in the league. As I take a swig of water. Not opposing quarterbacks in the league, more specifically up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league. So guys like Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, young guys that are a little bit unproven. I want to talk about Joe and a lot of other quarterbacks here in this segment. But first, let me kind of give you some of the, um, like, the paradigm and some of the, like, some of the rules that I'm going to be, not even some of the rules, but some of the, like, some how, how I'm going to be specifically talking about some of these quarterbacks. So, a lot of these quarterbacks have question marks about them for me. Like, I, I have question marks about Sam Darnold. I have question marks about Joe Burrow because this is going to be his first year coming in as, as a player. Um, I have question marks about a lot of the quarterbacks that I'm going to be naming here. And I'm also going to be predicting their win-losses. Right? Expected, meaning that this is what they should be. And also, like... Maybe, maybe not, maybe not expected, but exceeding expectations as well. For some quarterbacks, the only expectation for me is you should you should win a certain amount of games. For other quarterbacks, it's like I know you're probably going to have a bad season, but if you exceed expect, uh, expectations, excuse me, I'll be fine. I also listed some games here and there based upon um, based upon like the team's offensive line, like the quarterback's offensive line their wide receiving core, their tight end group, not their running game because I'm like, even though the running game helps out the quarterback, I'm like wide receivers, tight ends, and offensive line help them out way more than the running back. And then I match them up against teams that I thought would be great matchups for the team, for the for the quarterback because they're playing with, um, with a bunch of guys, not a bunch of guys, excuse me, but they're playing against a bunch of DBs or defensive line that I don't think are very good. So I compiled all that information, and I was like, well, let me let me figure out some of the quarterbacks and some of the teams that they're going to be going up against this year. Let's start with Joe. So for me personally, Joe is um, Joe's a rookie. He is going to be um, on probably one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL, and that was before he got there. Also, one of the worst organizations I've ever seen in my entire life, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, are garbage. So the deck is, let's just not even say it's stacked against him. It is, um, like, he's not even playing. Like, he, 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 he isn't even getting dealt a fair hand. He's getting dealt, like, a one. Like, he can't even get a one in a deck. It's like, but they found a way to give it to him. He's going to get a one, right? Instead of getting, like, an ace or a king or an eight or a seven, or a jack. In fact, he's not even getting a one. He's getting a joker. Because his team right now is a joke. 
So what do I expect from him? Really nothing. He's a rookie. His team sucks. But he also has Joe Mixon. He has A.J. Green. I, I said I wouldn't count his running back, but his running back can kind of function as a wide receiver as well. There's going to be some teams that have that, like, that have that running back that can function as a wide out. Not a lot, but there are some. He has Joe Mixon. He has T. Higgins. And depending on how A.J. Green works or not, like, does he want to be there? Does he want to leave? I don't know. Let's just say he isn't there. So he only has a couple of guys, pretty much nobody. I feel like his team, if he wins five or 11 games, not five or 11, go five and 11, excuse me, five or six games, I'm going to be a really happy camper. His schedule, by the way, is a lot harder than people think. I have it right here. I was about to look it up, but then I was like, I have all these freaking tabs on my computer. I'm like, why don't I just use, why don't I just use the, the why don't I freaking help myself? Why don't I, like, why, why am I trying to make this difficult? It's like, Jesus Christ. I literally researched all this, ironically enough. The only tab that I, like, exited out of was the Joe Burrow Bengals tab. Like, Jesus Christ, 24, get it together. Who does he play for? Or not play for, but play against? Well, he plays up against the NFC East. So they all have pass rushers in that division. Washington, the Eagles, the Cowboys, not the Giants. But I felt that all of those teams, I don't even, oh yeah, and Joe Burrow has a bad offensive line. Um, I felt that already he's going into a really, really bad situation. Then he's going up against a division with actual pass rushers in it. So I was like, okay, that's going to suck for him. And then he's also going to go up against teams that could probably put lights out, freaking destroy his defense. Like, the NFC East, besides the Giants, um, is a bad matchup for him. By the way, one of the teams that I wrote down that he should have, like, a really, really nice game, maybe, we'll see. It just depends on, like, how he plays, but for the most part, he's going to be going up against a bunch of scrubs in the secondary of the Giants. The defense is, a, of not even the defense, but the Giants aren't a very good team. Um, I'm not saying what Daniel Jones is going to do on that side of the football. I'm just saying, like, defensively, the Giants aren't going to be very good this year. Um, Joe Burrow should have an opportunity there to have a game there. So. But NFC East, he doesn't match up well against. But he also is going to be playing up against the Chargers, the Browns. That's a bad matchup. Browns have a lot of weapons. He's playing in that division, the NFC, not the NFC, the AFC North. So he's going to be playing up against the Browns, Pittsburgh, and the Baltimore Ravens, all of which, by the way, could be playoff teams. Then he's also, it looks like he's going up against the NFC South on top of the, on top of the, not the NFC South, excuse me, on top of him playing up against the NFC East, he's playing up against the AFC South, which has the Colts, the Tennessee Titans, the, um, the Houston Texans, and the um the uh who else is in that division AFC South oh yeah Jacksonville which I also feel like is going to be another game because their defense right now they just get got rid of all their players um they have Caleb on chase on but I think that I, I like they, they got rid of all their best players last season they got rid of Calais Campbell unique and Gawkway hasn't re-signed and um, Jalen Ramsey isn't there. They traded him away for a first-round draft pick. Like, they're, they're a mess. I feel like that's another game that he could have an opportunity to play well. All these other games, he's going he's gonna to play like a rookie. He's going to be very, very bad. 
But he's a very good quarterback. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I like Joe Burrow a lot. My expectations for him aren't very high because I think that he's going to be going up against teams that are going to match up poorly against his. Like, his team is going to suck against most of these teams. Like, he plays the Dolphins this year. Want to know why I don't, like, why I don't have them as a team that he could potentially beat? It's because he has two of the best, he's going to go up against two of the best corners in the league next year. Or technically this year. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. That's going to suck. And then he goes up against the Chargers. And then he goes up against the, um, and then he goes up against the entire NFC East. Not the NFC East, the AFC uh, South, excuse me. I don't know why I keep getting the divisions Confuse. Joe's going to have a hard time, which is why I'm like 5 and 11, 6 and 10. I'd be happy if he makes, if he gets that. But we'll see. Moving on to another guy, Sam Darnold. Also a deceivingly tough schedule. I think he's going up against the AFC West this year. So he's going to be going up against Kansas City, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos. But he's also going up against, it looks like, the NFC West. It looks like, yep. So he's going to have some hard games. He's going to have some hard games this year. He's going to be calling, He's also going to be playing up against the Colts as well. So Sam is going to be in for some issues, for some trouble here. He's going to get into some trouble. On top of obviously playing the Bills and the Patriots and the Dolphins. So how many games, 24? What games do you expect him to win? Well, if he wins anything over eight games, I'm going to be pretty happy. Because I'm counting a lot of losses right now. I'm counting uh, losses to the Bills, the Niners, the Colts. The Chargers, maybe not, maybe so, we'll see. They got a good defense, the Chargers, but like, we'll see. Bills, again, Chiefs, Patriots, Dolphins, he plays two weeks, not in a row, he has a bye week in between one of the games. Nope, wait, yep, he has a bye week. Um, he plays up against the Raiders, which could be another game that he actually plays well in, but he also plays up against the, uh, the Seahawks in Seattle and the Rams, Browns, and then he finishes off the season against the Patriots. Like, Sam Darnold is going to have some issues this season. A lot of issues. But he will have some cupcake games. He's going to have games against the uh, the Broncos and the Cardinals and even the Raiders to some extent. The long and the short of it is, he's going to have opportunities to play well in. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, he played well against the Cowboys. But beyond that, that was kind of it. I know some people are going to say, well, he had 13 touchdowns in the last four games, in the last eight games of the season, 13 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. Round that down, that's like a little bit over 3 to 1. So he was balling. But his team didn't win any football games. Kind of got to win for that to be relevant. Especially, that was what, his second or third year? Second year, right? Second year. He's got to play better. Moving on. To Daniel Jones. Again, my expectation should be 8-8. Eight and eight. Giants are a terrible team. They open the season with the Steelers, Bears, 49ers, Rams, Cowboys, Washington, Eagles, Buccaneers, Washington again, Eagles again, 
Bengals, Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, then finishes off the season with yours truly, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I said 8-8, eight and eight, but you're going to notice that some of the teams that I'm going to mention have a little bit of overlap. Like For example, I think that the Cardinals should also play well against the Bengals and the Giants because both of those teams don't have good, if not great, secondaries, and both of those teams are kind of bad right now. So that's why I'm like, I think that the Giants should be able to play well against the Buccaneers, not the Buccaneers, the Bengals and the Cardinals because they're not just they're, they're not very good teams. And the vice versa, I think those teams should play well offensively, of course, against the Giants. That's also why 8-8 eight and eight is like the goal here. He's going up against like some, again, some de- deceivingly hard teams this year. Like AFC North, NFC West. He's also unfortunately going to play up against Tampa. How do you like that for Daniel Jones? I don't like that at all. Who else is he playing up against this year? If my webpage will load. For some reason, I'm scrolling my mouse wheel and my webpage isn't loading. Or scrolling with me. Scroll with me. Webpage. It's going up against the Bears. That's a great defense. Going up against the 49ers. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I said like two games. Three games. I said he should do well against Washington because Washington doesn't have a secondary. But then again, they also have excellent pass rushers. Um, Bengals, Cardinals. I'm going to sl- uh, slot in the Raiders there. I always believe in upsets in the NFL. Bad teams beat good teams all the time. I always say that. Will Daniel Jones be able to steal one of these games from one of these great teams that he will play against? We'll see. We will certainly see. Probably the guy that you really want me to talk about. Oh, shake and bake. Bake Mayfield. We got a baker in the kitchen. Let me take a swig of my water first. So, Baker Mayfield is at a make or break year, ironically enough. Third year in the league. Some of the best weapons in the, in the, um, in the entire NFL. Your offensive line isn't very good, but y- again... I mean, we're talking, like, weapons. We're talking Odell and Jarvis, Kareem and Nick, and um, also you got two really, really nice tight ends in David and Joku, and uh, I think they signed Austin Hooper as well. Sorry if you can hear on top of my AC. You can also probably hear my VCR rewinding Lilo and Stitch because I'm done with that movie. But Baker... Do you want to know, and this is probably one of my highest expectations for some of the newer quarterbacks, do you want to guess how many wins? I'm like, Baker, you got to win this amount of wins to meet expectations. You want to guess how many wins that was? Take a, take a shot. Let's take a shot. For me, it should be 9-7, 10 10-6. Wait, no, I'm on Daniel Jones right now. Sorry. Sorry, I'm on Daniel Jones. I didn't press my Browns tab. For me, it, it is, it's still 9-7, and 10-6. A playoff team, borderline a playoff team. They should go to the playoffs this year. 
Now, they're playing up against the NFC East. They're playing up against the AFC North. They're also playing up against the, the AFC South. But do you want to know something about the uh, the Browns that I really, really like? Like they're, they're, I like their weapons on offense. I like Miles Garrett. I think they got two guys, Denzel Ward and Greedy. I don't know how good those guys are. But when they drafted them, they were really, really nice corners. Like, the thing about the Browns right now is that they just got to put it together. It's kind of like with the Cowboys. It's like they got so much talent, but they can't figure out a way to put it together. It's like, get it together. You're a playoff team. And you guys miss the playoffs drastically. As much as people want to jump down Dallas's throat for not missing the for not making the playoffs and missing it altogether. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. The Browns, with that talent, with those guys, and they miss the playoffs? Mm, mm, mm. This year... Pretty much the exact same team. And they missed the playoffs? Mm. 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 I'm going to be a little bit pissed. I'm going to be a little bit hurt. I'm going to be a little bit disappointed because I'm like, hey, uh, you guys probably could have went to the playoffs the last two years in a row. Instead, you missed out. Hopefully, that doesn't come to that. Hopefully, they actually win. Hopefully, they go out and they ball out and we can finally start talking about the Browns as if they're an actual contender instead of a bunch of losers. Browns 10 and 6, 9 and 7. Baker Mayfield should have a really, really nice year this year. Oh yeah, hold on. Before I talk about the teams that I think he should do well in, well against, let me put in another movie to my VCR here. I wish there was, like, a button that I could just press and I would switch to, like, the movies that I have in my VCR instead of just, like, having to get up and... Because my VCR is, like, all the way on the other side of my room and I have to get up and stand up and it's it's a hassle. I'll, I'll be back in a couple of seconds. Hold on. I gotta, like, stand up in my chair because my chair is, like, all the way backed up in my desk. in a goofy movie it's literally what it's called it's about goofy from like mickey not from mickey mouse it's a great fucking movie it's a hilarious movie i wish that they would make more like disney channel style movies like this where it's like uh where where it's literally like lilo and stitch is like an hour long a goofy movie is like an hour long as well. An extremely goofy movie is like an hour long as well. Like they're they're all hour long movies and they're f- so much fun to watch. And it's like I can't believe that they made all of these characters likable. I can't believe they have all of this like character progression and all this other stuff. I also may need to get another VCR because that VCR, the VCR that I'm using, it kind of ate Aladdin like the tape and it's like every single time I play Aladdin in it, it just like it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are you eating my tapes? 
I may get another one. I may need another one that's just like, that has like a remote. It's also like, it's part DVD player, part VCR player. It's like a half and half. I may need to get another one. We'll see. I probably don't. It works fine. In reality. So, before I went on and I, you know, put my, you know, like, put in a new movie. I was talking about how, essentially, Baker Mayfield is going to go, like, 9-7, and 10-6. Right? Or 10-6. Talked about it. Because, in reality, as much as I hate to admit it, he's going to go up against a lot of teams with suspect uh, corners. Right? Cowboys being one, one of them. Bengals being another, and he plays them twice. Washington, Eagles, Giants, literally the entire NFCs. He's going to play up against the Raiders, the Jags, the Texans, and the Jets. Now, the reason why I added in the Texans was because I felt like even though Houston has J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt could have a field day against freaking Baker, again, I feel like Baker has all of these tools at his disposal. It's not just that he has Odell and Jarvis. He has the tight ends. He has the running backs. He has like he has everything that you would possibly want and need from an offense to to be able to to like win, to win a lot of football games. He's going to be going up against a lot of teams with bad secondaries. Like I tried to look and I was like debating on whether or not Houston should be in here and then I like looked at their secondary and I was like, "Wow, they got nobody." Nobody. So I was like, I'll put them on. Because they have nobody. Baker should be 9 and 7, 10 and 6. Not higher than that. He should be at that. That's like the minimum. That's the that's the floor, if you will. Baker Mayfield. He was one of my guys. I was like, man, Baker Mayfield, he's one of my guys. I believe in Baker Mayfield. I love that they went out and got not only Odell Beckham Jr., but Kareem Hunt as well. I was like, man, that's a, those are two great pickups for the Browns. And then he just laid an egg. I was like, Jesus Christ, Bacon, Baker Mayfield, what are you doing? Got to be better than that. Got to play better than that. Got to tune out the noise. It's like, why is he responding to Rex Ryan on ESPN? My guy, Baker, shake him, make. Respond on the football field. He will be quiet quick. <coughs> Quicker than he spoke up. What's he going to say? He's got nothing to say. Oh, Baker Mayfield doesn't win football games when Baker Mayfield is in the playoffs? Baker Mayfield doesn't win football games when Baker Mayfield beat Baltimore and Baltimore? Then Baltimore beat the Browns, beat the brakes off the Browns in Cleveland. Jesus Christ, that was not that was not good for him. But yes, nine and seven, ten and six, he should he should win a lot of football games this season. He should. That's the expectation. He's going up against teams with bad like like my my nightmare scenario is the Browns come into Dallas and they beat Dallas in Dallas. I'm like, oh my god. Like that's my like well like when I worry about the Browns, I'm like the Browns have either as good of an offense as Dallas when it comes to just pure weapons or probably, to be honest with you, they have more. It's like, bro, like, how do you, like, how, how do you, how do you not win a lot of games with those weapons? Unless this defense gives up, like, 30 points a game. Let me, 
take a gander at the uh, the Browns here. Let me take a quick peek. Hold on. I'm trying to find that 2019 season. How many points did they give up against Tennessee? It was 43. Then it was 16, 18, 22, 9, 21, 15, 21, 24, 17, 38, not 18, 19, 17, 25. Oh, wait, I was reading that wrong. Sorry, let me restart because I read first downs. Sorry. <clears throat> Going all the way back to uh, to the 43 game against Tampa Bay. Then it was three points. And this is points, by the way. Three points against the Jets. This is how many the, the defense has allowed. 43 and then three. Then 20, 25, 31, 32, 27, 24, 16, 7, 24, 20, 19, 38, 15, not 15, 31, 33. Like, pretty much when when Miles Garrett was off the field, they they had, like, three back-to-back-to-back 30-point games. It was ridiculous. Their final score was 6 and 10. Final record. They got smoked against the Bengals. 23 to 33. Jesus Christ. You guys got gashed. 23-33. But for the most part, for, you know, like they only had after, not after, but before. Oh, no. I was about to, like, they technically had three games where they went over 30 points before that three-game stretch with Arizona, Baltimore, and then the Bengals. But before that, they only had three games. And they were pretty um, far spread out. They weren't, like, clumped together. Like, most of them happened within the first six weeks. And then after that, it was like, oh, wait, there's nothing else. Bengals got a shot, man. Bengals got a shot. They got a shot. And then, by the way, some of the losses, like, to, to the Denver Broncos, for example, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, they... They were pretty much in in one scores, right? Like to Pittsburgh, it was thirteen to twenty. I think they had they had they, their offense was pitiful against the Pittsburgh Steelers, not against the Steelers. Who who were they playing up against? That had like a hundred something yards rushing. Oh no, they won. It, it was the game against the Pittsburgh uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers where they won, but it was twenty one to seven. So. It's like their defense, again, had a great game. The long and the short of it is Baker Mayfield should be a better quarterback this year. And he should win a lot more games this year. Moving on to the Cardinals. Cardinals, my boy, my guy, Kyler Murray. Shut up all the haters. Everybody's like, Kyler Murray's too small. Kyler Murray can't play football. He's too small. He's going to get decapitated. Everybody's going to rip his head off because everybody's going to tackle him and, he, and everybody's not going to give him a chance. And everybody, Shut up. Shut up. He proved the haters wrong. And where have the haters gone? Back to Hayton. They found another target. They keyed in on Baker Mayfield. 
And look at what happened. Kyler Murray just had a fantastic year. Did he? Yes, he went 5-10. and 10. But that's with a rookie head coach, with a horrible offensive line, with very, very little help at wide receiver and running back and no help at tight end. Like he had nobody. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Oh, yeah, Kyler Murray had a loaded offense, and that's why, um, and, and, that, and, he, and he should have been playing better. It was Baker Mayfield and Kyler, like, like the situation with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray is very, very synonymous. No, it was not. Baker had a better football team. Kyler Murray sucked. Not sucked, but he, he was on a team that sucked. Kyler's going to win more football games this year. I would be happy, though, if Kyler won seven, seven games. That may seem like a little bit, but in reality, his team still sucks. And he still has a second-year head coach. It's like, he's not out of the woods yet, and he plays in one of the hardest divisions in all of sports. Like, everybody will not shut up about the NFC West being one of the hardest divisions in all of sports. It's like, not in all of sports, but in all of football, but it's like, well, guess what? This is the consequence of that. He's going to be playing in one of the hardest, and he's the worst team in the hardest division. That's not good. And all of the teams have pass rushers, maybe besides Seattle, but they all... Like, they, can, they always fix it. They always, like, find a way to rush the passer. Like, Murray's going to have a hard year next year. But do you want to know who he's going up against next year? He's going to be going up against the Jets and the Panthers. I think those are games that he should have uh, some success in. I think those are going to be some very, very good games. And on top of that, it's like killing two birds with one stone. The um, the Jets game, I also said that Sam Darnold should also have a good game against the, the Cardinals. But more specifically, the Panthers. I kind of want to see what the Panthers are going to do. Hopefully, they bring in P.J. Walker at that point in time and say, hey, P.J. is going to play. If they don't, well, I'm going to be a little bit irked. Another game that I'm worried about is Dallas Cowboys. You know, these are two Texas kids, Baker and Kyler. Kyler, I don't think, lost a high school football game in his entire career. He's had fantastic games at AT&T Stadium. I don't want him to have another one. I don't want him to have another one against my Cowboys. But I feel like Baker and, and Kyler could be like, could feel some type of way about it. Like, I can't believe I'm not a Cowboy. I'm from Texas. Everyone in Austin is pretty much a Cowboy fan if they're not a Longhorn fan. Kyler is, like, from that area, too. So he's like, I'm, like you don't think he's probably – that you don't think he probably wasn't a Cowboy fan? Pretty good, pretty good chance. Pretty good possibility. Kyler's going to be going up against some good teams. He's going up against the NFC East. Not the NFC East. Yeah, he is, but he's also going up against, ironically enough, the AFC East. And he's also going up against the NFC West. We'll see. I think he can. I Like, I think he can go 8-8, eight and eight, but I'm just going to be conservative and say, like, 
if he wins seven games this season, pack it up. We're done. I'm happy. Hey, hey, Cardinals. Hey, Cardinals. Hey, Cardinals. Hey, Cardinals. Maybe you get your quarterback and offensive line so that way he doesn't have to run for his life. And maybe you get more value out of your quarterback because he doesn't have to run for his life because his offensive line sucks. Just a suggestion. But if he wins more than seven games, oh my God. Oh my, I'm pushing all my chips to the table. I'm betting on Murray. I'm betting on Red. What do they call their, their team? The Red Tide? Their fan base? Not their team, but their fan base? I don't know. For Tua Tagovailoa, what are my expectations for Tua Tagovailoa this season? Um, None. He shouldn't play this season. And I will say that even when he's playing because I have a feeling everybody's going to be like, we, we want Tua, we want Tua, we want Tua, play Tua, play Tua, play Tua, play Tua, play Tua. I'm going to see, I'm going to say why, why, why. There are so little quarterbacks that in their first year have success. Everybody's going to say, well, look at Kyler Murray. Look at Dak Prescott. Look at Deshaun Watson. Most people aren't saying those names, but I'll say those names because those are valid arguments. But most quarterbacks don't, especially quarterbacks who are injury prone and who have had hip surgery. Like, do you realize that the same surgery that Tua had was the exact same one that, like, Bo... Bo Jackson had it's like come on that was like ended his career it's like come on like let's be realistic let's be honest it's like would you rather have Tua play and let's be honest behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league I don't even know what that I don't even know it besides Austin Jackson the dude that they got out of USC this year I don't know who he's got who does he got I don't know but his offensive line was one of the worst in the league. You want to put him under center against the Patriots with one of the worst offensive lines in the league and the Bills. Who does he also play? Who, who, let me, let me, I didn't look it up, but let me now. Now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. Who does Tua Tagovailoa play against this year? Now I'm curious. For every person that's like, Play Tua, play Tua, play Tua. Do you want to know what his first game is? Take a guess. Take a guess. As I take a sip. His first game of the season is against the New England Patriots in New England. And before everybody says to me that New England is going to stink without Tom Brady, you are forgetting about Bill Belichick. I was about to say Billy B, but then I was like, Bill, Billy Belichick, and then I said it weird. But you're forgetting about Bill Belichick. You're forgetting about that pass rush, the ability to rush the passer with that horrific offensive line. You are forgetting so much about that football team about the Dolphins, and about the Patriots. So he's going to be going up against a dude that eats up young rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. This dude destroys rookie quarterbacks. He kills them. 
There's only one guy that's ever had like a good game against them, and that's like Deshaun Watson. And then on top of Deshaun um, uh, having a fantastic game against him, it took pretty much Brady having another virtuoso performance and scoring with like a minute left in the game to win the football game. Like Deshaun played fantastic. And you want to put you want to put Tua in Foxborough on day one, week one. <laughs> on day one, week one, you want to put him against the against the Patriots. Oh, sweet Mary of Joseph! Then check this shit out. He's got to go and play up against the Bills in Miami, Jacksonville. Easy game. Seattle's coming to Miami. Then they go all the way. All the fucking way. To guess where? Guess where? Another fantastic team. They just played in the Super Bowl. Take a shot at who they just played against. They got a good team. It should it should already be narrowed down. Not a good team. A good defense. It should already be narrowed down because Kansas City's defense is not as good as the 49ers' defense. Even though the 49ers gave up like 10 points. Maybe not 10. I think they gave up like 18 in the four in the fourth quarter. He's gonna have to go up against the 49ers in week five. And you know, it's not like the 49ers don't have four great pass rushers. It's not it's not like that at all. Core is offensive lineman. You want him to go. Don't don't play Tua. Do not play Tua. Then they go up against the Broncos. Chargers, another great team with great pass rushers. Uh, Rams, they got a great one, Aaron Donald. and uh, oh, oh, yeah, and they also got Jalen Ramsey. <clears throat> and then he's going to go up against the Dolphins. And this is if Tua plays. Jets, not not Dolphins. He's going to go up against the, the Cardinals, then the Jets, then the Jets again. Then he's go, going to go up against the Bengals. Those, like, three or four games should be easy-ass games. But then he finishes off the season with the Chiefs. Really? Patriots again. Raiders. Bills. Does that sound like a season that you want to put your rookie quarterback in? Don't play Tua this year. Sit his ass down. Let Ryan Fitzpatrick get destroyed and demolished. Don't even try it. Don't even be like, we're going to have a competition. Don't even do that. Just be like, you know what? We're just going to we're just gonna sit Tua, and Tua's going to just watch. He's going to get healed up. He's going to be healthy. I know everybody keeps on saying to me and, and releasing, like, Tua's healthy. Tua can play. He passed the physical. He passed the medical. He did all that other stuff. It's like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be injury-prone next year. doesn't necessarily mean that he can't get hurt next year especially behind that shitty offensive line. He had one of the best in Alabama, and he got hurt. You really want to put him behind Miami. And he's not playing up against college dudes. He is playing up against the big boys, the NFL. Y'all must be tripping if you think Tua should start and play all 16 games. Moving on. Not even all 16 games. Just even a portion of the season. It's like, no. No. Don't even start him. Don't even play him. Just let him rest. It worked wonders for Patrick Mahomes. Did he or did he not win 
the MVP in his second year. I think he only started one game, and that was the end of the season game. Don't start and play Tua. It's like, are, are you, are you going to win football games next year? No, you're not. It would be different if, you were, if he was better than your quarterback. And he was like a, a, a sophomore. It's like, no, don't. Be smart. Be disciplined. Don't be undisciplined. Don't be like, but I want to see Tua. It's like, then watch his college games. I want to see him play for the next 10 to 15 years. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to happen. So. Rams are up next with Jared Goff and company. Jared Goff, I got high expectations for. Jared Goff, he should be a lot better than what he is now. But for some weird reason, Jared Goff isn't. Jared Goff is going to go up against some of the easiest teams you've ever done seen. He's going to go up against the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, Washington. He's going to go up against the Bucks, the Cardinals twice, and the Jets. His team should be 9-7, and 10-6. and six. He, should, he should win a lot of those football games. He should not, like I, like, I even put my team on there because I'm like, Cowboys have a suspect defense. Cowboys have a suspect secondary. And the only thing Jared Goff has is weapons. The only thing his head coach is, is one of the best offensive minds in the league. Everybody's going to be like, Sean McVay got exposed. He got exposed. No, his quarterback got exposed. I watched all the tape last year. It's like, he, he got exposed. Jared Goff got exposed. This is a big year for Jared Goff. Because everybody's like, you got to pay Jared Goff. You got to pay him a lot of money. It turns out, year later, not very good. It's like right now, is he, is he good right now? Is he able to win? Can he win me most of those games? How many teams is that? One, two, three, four, five, seven, because he plays the Cardinals twice, and then the Jets. That's eight games that he should play, that he has the opportunity to play well in. He's got a great second, not a secondary, got a great group of offensive wide receivers, especially against some of the, some of the secondaries that he's going to be playing up against. They are just stone-cold trash. Then on top of that, he also gets to play up against teams teams like the Bears, who are questionable at quarterback, and the Dolphins as well. Not to say that they don't have good defenses. They got great players on that on those two defenses. But Jesus Christ. Jared Goff has an opportunity to win a lot of football games this season. Will he or will he not? I don't know. But he's got a lot of he's got a lot of chances to win. A lot of chances. We'll see if he does. Another young buck coming up straight out of, I think, Wisconsin. Minshew, Mania, Gardner, Minshew. Very, very low expectations on him. His team sucks. I'm all about how good or how bad is your team. How bad, like, like, let, you know, everybody wants to throw coaches and quarterbacks under the bus. Let's start throwing teams under the bus, shall we? 
His team sucks donkey balls. They can't sign their best players. They get rid of their best players. For what? They got Caleb on. Hey, on. They got a pass rusher when they already have a pass rusher. That's one of the best pass rushers in the league. They need a secondary. They don't got a good secondary. They need wide receivers. They don't got good wide receivers. They're like, you know what we're going to do? Let me, check out the, let me check out the Jags draft. Let me check it out. Just for reference. Let me check out the Jags draft. How many good guys did you get for Gardner? How many weapons did you get for Gardner Minshew? How many guys? You know, it's, it's one thing to say to yourself, you know what? Wow, this website sucks. It's one thing to say to yourself, you know what, we're going to get X amount of players, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. There's another, there, there's another thing, and you, you got to get your quarterback some weapons, so that way you can evaluate him properly. There's a difference in not evaluating your, your quarterback properly, because, you know, because he doesn't have any weapons to throw the damn football to. First two picks, defense, C.J. Henderson, Caleb Antaton, you better have gotten an actual wide receiver for him in the third round. Second round. They got LaViscus Shenelot, wide receiver. They got Devon Hamilton, D-tackle. Ohio State, Ben Brantz, Ben, ben Barch, O-line. And then that's it. Did they seriously only get two guys? They only had two offensive players. Dude, what? When was Duvernay drafted? Seriously, when can I? I'm, I'm just gonna list off a list of wide receivers that they could have taken. Hold on. Ugh. Let me let me just wide receivers draft order. I'm I'm trying to just check out its ranking. It's rankings. I'm trying to not find rankings. I'm trying to find, like, the draft order of the 2020 wide receivers, but they're just giving me, these are the rankings of the NFL wide receivers, uh, of, of the 2020 draft class wide receivers. It's like, I don't, I don't care about that. I just need to know when and where they were drafted. And it's like, they can't, they can't do that. Wow. Am I seriously going to have to look up players and stuff like that? Nobody wrote an article on, on, on the wide receiver draft class, so I'm just going to have to, like, type in wide receiver 2020 draft or something like that. Ugh. Let me see it. Is going to go to CBS dot, um, not dot com, excuse me, but CBS sports dot com. See it. So they ranked all the players. <clears throat> I'm just looking for wide receivers. So you got LaVisca Shin a lot. CBS has him drafted or ranked as a 37th overall, like wide, res not pick, not wide receiver, excuse me, but pick. He should have gone 37th overall. They got him where? 42. So not that much of a... And in fact, they fell, they fell to him. He fell to them. 
Sorry, I'm hiccuping right now. Got LaVisca Shin a lot. I'm trying to see other receivers that they probably could have gotten. Maybe Donovan Peoples. I was about to say maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones. Maybe Devin Duvernay. AGG. I like to just throw out Devin Duvernay because they probably could have gotten him in. The th yeah, they, pro they definitely could have gotten him. But they got Devon Hamilton out of Ohio State instead. They want to go defense. Who, who are the wide receivers for Jacksonville again? Because I have no idea who their wide receivers are. And it's like, I can name a wide receiver on most teams, but I can't name you like the Jag wide receivers at all. Like, who are they again? DJ Chark, DD Westbrook, Terry Goodwin. Let me just check out the, the depth chart here. DD Westbrook, Chris Connolly. He's been like on three or four teams, right? Like, I think he got drafted by the Browns or by another team, and then he went to the Giants, and then I think he went to another team, and now he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got DJ Chark, LaVisca, Shinalot, Keelan. Keelan Cole, Colin Johnson, Josh Oliver. And then it's downhill from there. I don't know most of those guys. I don't know who their second guys are. They need they need a number one. It looks like LaVisca Shinalot may be their number one. But if if DJ like if DJ Chark is my best wide receiver, I'm swapping in LaVisca and I'm putting him at number two. Like I'm like, Didi, you're you're now the number two guy, Laviscus. Guess what? You're you're gonna not your number not the number two guy, but you're like the number four or five guy on our depth chart. Like we aren't playing around. We're Jacksonville. We're Saxonville. What's that thing that they call themselves Dumo? Debo? They call themselves Dumo, right? Lil Duval. Not Demo or Du Dumo. It's Lil Duval. Duval, that's what they call themselves. Whatever. But yeah, um, well, I, I got into a really, really long soliloquy. I th so, pretty much, um, Gardner Minshew, he's got like two teams that he could potentially play well against. That is uh, the Bengals and the Texans twice because the Texans, they don't got any corners. And the Bengals because they suck. All these other teams they're going to go up against are like they got pass rushers, they got corners, they got like they're, they're really, really good teams. Like they don't get a slack for a minute. They start off the season. I'll just name you the teams that they're playing up against. Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals, Texans, again twice. Lions, maybe the Lions as well. Oh, wait, they got a CUDA. If Matt Patricia doesn't screw up a CUDA like he screwed up Darius Slade Jr. and literally everything else. Chargers, Texans again, Packers, Aaron Rodgers and company and all that good stuff. And they're playing them in Fox, not Foxborough, um, Lambeau Field. And it's November, like November 15th when they play them. It's like, Lambo, really? Jesus Christ. Steelers, they, they have a great sec uh, Yeah, they have a great secondary. It came alive last year with Minka. Browns, Browns are a pretty good team. Vikings, Titans, Ravens, Bears, Colts. Oh, my. They got issues. They got a lot of people to go up against. What did I say? Oh, yeah, I predicted. Not even predicted, but I said... Six and ten or higher 
And Gardner Minshew and company is doing pretty good. I don't expect them to go out and win a lot of football games, especially when you literally get rid of all of your best football players. It's You, you kind of start to suck when you when you say to yourself, uh, you know, some of our best football players, you know, we're just going to trade them away and we're just going to, you know, not replace them with anything and we're not going to draft offensively and it looks like our, we, we may have a quarterback and we're not going to try and get weapons for our quarterback because we don't believe in our quarterback or we just want to get defensive players because we have Tom Coughlin as our head coach slash GM or whatever he is for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We just don't want to sign our best players like Unique Ngakwe and, and Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey. We want draft... We want draft capital, and we're going to turn that draft capital into a uh, edge rusher and a corner. It's like we already have an edge rusher and we already have a corner, but we don't want to sign them to big contract deals. So we'll get we'll get C.J. Anderson and Caleb Hodges on. Which it's like, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Why, if you already and this blows my freaking. Mind, if you already have an edge rusher, if you already have an elite corner, I, I, I should be very, very specific. If you already have an elite edge rusher and an elite corner, why would you trade them away to then only get a edge rusher and a corner in the draft that isn't going to be as elite as those guys that you already got? Why would you do that? Why? Why? Unless you're just a masochist and just want your quarterback to get destroyed, like, that's the only reason that I can think of. Jesus Christ, I... Let me tell you something, man. Gardner Minshew is like Joe Burrow. Some of these dudes that I just mentioned, they're playing on terrible teams. They are playing on god-awful teams. And they're going to be, it's, the season is going to be over before it even starts. Gardner Minshew, I feel bad for him already because his team sucks balls. And it has nothing to do with the players. It has nothing to do with him. It's just the organization is god-awful. Why would you sign, why would you trade away your best players and then try to replace your best players in the draft with players that probably aren't going to be as good as your best players. It does. It just doesn't make any sense to me. The whole point of having your quarterback on a rookie contract, especially like a fourth-round draft pick or however, uh, wherever he went in the um, in the NFL draft last year, the whole point of having him on a rookie contract is that way you can sign your big-ticket free agents on the team and build a team around him. That's the whole point. It's like, why are you saving caps? How much cap space do they honestly have? Unless they fucked it up, they should have, like... They should have a shit ton of money in cap space, bro. Unless you did, unless you did something stupid, you should have a shit ton of money in cap. How the fuck do you have twenty million in cap? Miles Jack, Andrew Norrell, Norwell. I think Miles Jack is a pass rusher, linebacker. He's making bank. He's making twelve million. Andrew Norwell, please be an offensive lineman. Left guard. Sounds like a left guard. I'm like, that sounds like a left guard. Or not a left guard, but an offensive lineman's name. But how do you have so much money just being burned right now? Jesus Christ, man. Like, Leonard Fournette is $8 million. Brandon Linder is $8 million. Who's this guy, Joe Sherbert? 
Is he your kicker? He's your linebacker. It's 27. He's an unrestricted free agent in, um, in 2025. Like, who is this guy? He's only getting paid $5 million. Got C.J. Henderson. Where's Caleb Vaughn Chase on? There he is. How the fuck do you have $20 million? How? That doesn't make any sense. Something isn't adding up here. Like I'm, uh, I, I I I don't I don't know. It's it's weird the numbers. I'm like, the numbers are so weird, because they say um the offense is seventy six million, the defense is ninety million. Oh wait wait wait. No the, yeah well it would still be like yeah that's that seems about right. Never mind that's all right right. Like Jesus Christ man, it's like how do you have so little money? They have twenty million and it seems like it's a lot, but it it really isn't. You can maybe sign like one bigot, bigot, one <laughs> big ticket like free agent, and that's kind of it. Like that's essentially Jamal Adams' money. Like he wants like eighteen million. Like Jesus Christ, you don't have a lot of money. You probably sign like two other guys as well. Jaguars are fucked. <laughs> Moving on. Completely forgot about this guy. This guy um, plays for Washington, the Washington team. Completely forgot about him. Let's take a gander at Dwayne Haskins. As I like... Try literally not to type in a racial slur. Trying to find this team's schedule. Is it okay? I was about to say, is it okay if I press on it to try and see the team? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I try to limit the amount of times I say wash the 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 team name because it's a racial slur and like I I don't want to say one, so I just say Washington or the Washington team. I've actually gotten really really good at it. I think I've only said. The R word like one time on the podcast. Anyways, um, Washington, they got a really, really shitty schedule because they are a very, very terrible team. They just let go of one of their best football players ever in Trent Williams um, because they couldn't get a deal done with him. I don't know why. It's like he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Um, They're starting the season off against the Eagles, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens. Rams, Giants, Cowboys, Giants again, Lions, Bengals, Cowboys on Thanksgiving, Steelers, 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, finishing off the season once again with the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, like six, maybe seven wins. Washington sucks. Like, they really, really suck. No expectations for Dwayne Haskins outside of winning, like, maybe six or seven games. But I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't win that amount. Maybe not expectation. Yeah, I guess expectation. He should win six, seven games. 
win, if he wins like eight games, I'll be like really, really surprised. If I'm honest with you. Final team that I'll talk about today. Bills. Buffalo Bills with uh, with everybody's guy. What's his face? Josh Allen. That's his name. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is going to play up against a good team. I remember Josh Allen. He said it like as a um, as like a uh, what's it called? As like a goal to have a sixty percent completion percentage this season. I'm like, it's kind of league average. But, you know, once I have a goal, he needs to set it. But, man, Josh Allen not having a 60% passer rating is, like, not passer rating, but completion percentage is, like, ridiculous. Especially with, like, some of the dudes that he had, like, um, the uh, the Brown guy. And by Brown guy, I mean, like, that was his last name. And Cole Beasley. Like, he should have had, like, more than 60%, if I'm honest with you. And then now he also has Stefan. Uh, Stephon Diggs. It's like, it's a very, very... It Like, he has a way better wide receiving core now than he probably ever will. Depending on, like, what the Bills do. He has a great football team, but it's like... Can they win? Can they win? He's going up against this year the Jets, the Dolphins, and divisional rivals. Rams, Raiders, Titans, Chiefs, Jets, Patriots, Seahawks, Cardinals. As my webpage gets frozen. Cardinals, Chargers, 49ers, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots, and then once again, the Dolphins. Ooh. This was a surprise. How many games do you think I put on Josh? Uh, I was about to say Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. How many games? How many games do you think he's going to win? I put on same thing that I put on for uh, not Sam Darnold, for Baker Mayfield and for Jared Goff, nine and seven or ten and six. He's a, he's on a playoff team, like he is. He's on a playoff team. Bills are. Finally, seeming seemingly coming out of nowhere. Kind of a good football team. Everybody in the AFC, specifically in the Bills, everybody's like, oh my God, Bills are going to be the, the number one seed in the division. Uh, hard pause on that. Quarterback's an issue. Quarterback is a big issue. Everyone's going to say, well, he had a pretty good season last season. And it's like, well, how exactly are you judging him? Because, again, like, if you're going to judge him as a quarterback, he had, like, a bad season. Like, his passer rating was below average. His completion percentage was below average. His yards was significantly below average. What was his touchdowns? How many touchdowns did he have? I don't know his touchdowns off the top of my head. How many touchdowns did he have? He had 20 to 9, so he had, like, a 2 to 1. So that's pretty good. But everything else was, like, but his passer rating was like an 85.3. So even though it's like his, his, the only thing that was like good was his, 
was his touchdown interception ratio. It's like, again, everything else was bad. He's got to get better. He knows it. Will he get better, though? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Nine and seven, ten and six. He should be that. He's going up against the Jets twice, the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the Broncos. And none of those teams are as good as his team. He's got to win football games, man. And you know what? <clears throat> the reason why I did this today, some of those quarterbacks are going to rise. This is going to be the season for some of these quarterbacks. Like Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. This is it. This is it. Lamar's already proven that, you know, who he is and what he's all about. They haven't. Jared Goff, fifth year. I still have questions about him. I'm probably going to have questions about him for his entire career. Everybody will. Joe Burrow. Rookie. New guy. What's he going to do this year? I don't know. But some of the games that I just talked about, you know, with like Josh Allen and the Jets and the Raiders and stuff like that, like, I'm going to try and catch a lot of these games early and often so that way later on in the season I can like have fun and watch the Cowboys. But I'll also be watching the Cowboys like live the next day, like on Monday. It's like Josh Allen, he is in trouble if he doesn't figure this shit out. Most of these quarterbacks, if they don't have a good quarter, not a quarter, but um, a good year this year, they are in trouble. The only dudes that are like safe are like Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, because they're in their second year. I mean, they got to play good, but you know, it's like if they have another like bad season, it's like you may want to start looking for another quarterback while at the same token, it's like you can be like, we're going to give him another chance. But Kyler Murray, he's safe. Joe Burrow, they're safe. Daniel and um, <clears throat> Daniel and uh, Dwayne, they're safe as well. But they got to have a good season. It's not like you can just phone it in. We'll see. We'll see about those young quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks are going to be the future of this league. They will be the dudes that people will look forward to later on. And most of those dudes that I just mentioned, I think are in the AFC, right? Baker, Tua, Minshew, Josh, Darnold, and then Burrow. Like, they're all in the AFC. So unless you like seeing Patrick Mahomes win Super Bowls, unless you like Lamar Jackson, I like them all, and Deshaun Watson, um... Unless one of those other guys comes in and does something, guess what? Mahomes, Watson, and Jackson are going to start freaking taking over this conference. Most of those teams that I just mentioned, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bills, and other teams, like they're, they are significant steps behind. And they got to fucking catch up. Or else they're going to be left in the dust for the next 10 to 15 years. As I freaking charge my computer. I really should have done this earlier because I'm about to go downstairs and cook food and stuff like that.
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast. The best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Literally where you can find any podcast. You can find my podcast, 24's podcast. Next week, got a lot of really, really nice, nice events going on. More Summer of Gaming is supposed to happen. I think it's happening right freaking now, by the by. Let me just check. I'm pretty sure they got something going on right now. I don't know. Uh, No, they don't. But I think they have something going on next week. Not just obviously, not just with the um, with um, with with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But I think they got something else going on as well. I'll be going over that. I'll also have um, live reactions to Night City Wire as well. I'll probably see you back next week. I'm going to be uploading this on Saturday, and I'll probably be back Monday or Tuesday. Ladies. And gentlemen, until then, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.